This podcast is produced by EnergeticCity.ca, your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To support local news and this podcast, go to EnergeticCity.ca slash join to find out more. Now, an in-depth look at the news and information shaping our community. This is Moose Talks with your host, Doug Craig on Moose FM. Welcome to the show. Well, it's back to school after the long weekend, so a little later on we're going to be chatting with Constable Chad Newstater of the Fort St. John RCMP all about some back-to-school safety trip uh, tips, I should say, for drivers and students alike. But first, as we all know, it's been a challenging few years for everyone, including students, teachers, and school district staff, as they've been juggling shifting pandemic restrictions while still delivering educational programs for students. So to talk about that and how the upcoming school year is looking for students and parents, we're joined now by School District 60 Superintendent Stephen Petrucci. Stephen, welcome back to Moose Talks. Hey, good morning. How are you doing, Doug? I'm doing very well. It's nice yes. to see you in person. Thanks. <laughs> after, you too. After interviewing you so many times yeah. over Zoom over the last two years. Yeah. Uh, I want to start with a look back, of course. Um, it's been a challenging few years, as mm-hmm. we said. Um, I wonder if you could comment first on what you make of how students, teachers, staff, and parents have, have overcome these challenges in the school in mm-hmm. still getting their education in spite of the fact that we're in the classroom, that we're out. Some of us are in, some are out, and, and sort of that making that all work somehow. Yeah, I mean, the last uh, three years have been very challenging that way, Dub. Everyone has, has had to pull together, and, mm-hmm. they've, and they've done that extremely well. Um, you know, BC was in a relatively good place compared to most other jurisdictions in the sense that uh, other than that three-month stint in the spring of uh, 2019, uh, we've kept all the kids in school full-time. Yeah. Obviously, the attendance has has varied a- across those times. But um, I think just the fact that the staff pulled together, that we were able to avoid some of that more serious confrontation that we've seen in, in other districts and down south, I think is a real testament to the patience mm-hmm. that everyone has had and has had to have whether students, parents, teachers, admin, um, the protocols, you know, required a lot of, of patience and time. And so we, we came through it, I think, okay. Mm-hmm. I wonder what, you know, this this sort of last few years means going forward for policies and handling, well, you know, continued COVID. It's not quite over yet, no. but we're through, it seems the worst of it anyway. Yeah. Uh, but other pandemics and other emergency crises that, you know, pop up from the standpoint of delivering mm-hmm. uh, education, especially in the school district 60. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think I would reflect kind of the mood now in the sense that, uh, you know, we're really looking forward to to not having to, to deal with this and to not have to discuss it uh, mm-hmm. too much. And uh, and looking ahead to more of a regular start to the year, I'm certain there will be other challenges down the road. Uh, right now, for example, these pandemic plans have moved into what we call communicable disease plans, mm-hmm. and we're in the endemic stage now. And uh, again, you know, BC's kind of led the way in that regard, and uh, students are not going to be facing any of those restrictions uh, this fall. So, so I think it's looking promising. Of course, there will be other challenges, but uh, I think over the past few years, as I say, we really learned how to collaborate together, to reach out to people. I think, you know, teachers, for example, when the students were not there, um, got very creative and had the technology platforms and know-how to still connect with students and families, and that was super important. Mm-hmm. Do you think this has changed, or has it changed, sort of how maybe we approach delivering education, knowing that we know now, that students mm-hmm. can learn at home if they have to, yeah. uh, whether it's because there's something happening or if yeah. they're sick or 
maybe even if they prefer it for whatever reason. Does, has that changed, would you say? Well, I think it's definitely a deeper understanding, and even some of the tools we now have have developed and evolved. Um, I would also say, however, that it also it confirmed just how important it is to be attending school in person. Mm-hmm. And all of those sort of formal but also informal interactions that occur, you know, and students and their friendships being together, uh, and even with the, the, the teachers and the other adults in the buildings, those interactions and, and the learning that happens can't really be replicated. Um, but that communication at home, the sort of online options that we now have, both with our regular schools as well as our key learning center, are, are all being uh, developed more and more as we move on. Mm-hmm. I wonder, too, if, um, and I don't know if you could speak to this at all, because you know, we haven't started the school yet, but... Um, if we've seen a change in the children who have now been through a few years of this as they grow up, um, you know, if they're in elementary school or junior high and how, you know, what maybe if at all, there's a plan for how we're going to deal with that with kids who've lived in a world where Mm -hmm. they weren't allowed to see their friends and and members of their family and be at school in person for, you know, extended periods of time due to the pandemic. Yeah. Well, I I think, you know, since the spring, of course, those restrictions were lifted. And so we've had a few months of school where they've been able to to, to mingle and to, you know, continue those friendships as per normal and Mm -hmm. to have more of a normal school experience. So we just anticipate that continuing. Kids are are very adaptive and, and they adapt quickly. Um, but you're absolutely right. There were some students who, you know, knew kindergarten students two years ago, you know, didn't know a school experience other than during a pandemic or, you know, seeing the adults with masks on, you know, mm-hmm. and, and now seeing them without for the first time. So, but, but we're really confident the students adapt quickly. And quite frankly, everyone was just ready to move on. And, and, and that's what we're doing. And uh, we're really excited about the, uh, the new school year. All right. Well, let's get on to that. I, I think in an interview earlier this week with energeticcity.ca, you called it a more normal school year, right. which is lovely to hear. Yeah. <laughs> um, can yeah. you tell us a bit about, you know, what, what normal is looking like this year? What normal things can we expect? And, and maybe what isn't as normal as it perhaps was before? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I think mostly people are looking forward to just that full engagement at school, whether it's in the classes, of course, but also the extracurriculars. We started to see that come back. Yeah. Um, you know, parents, you know, really had a lot of patience and are looking forward to reengaging with the schools, their teachers, the administrators, and the school itself. And so I think that more normal means that, you know, being welcome, uh, having meetings, having events happen at the school, having parent volunteers uh, come back. And so we're, we're all looking forward to that. And so that's definitely one aspect that is going to, to, to look great. Um, in terms of any ongoing challenges, I think, it's, as I say, we've moved towards this communicable disease plan. We're going to be promoting really good uh, hand hygiene, yeah. personal hygiene, as well as the vaccinations. And, and that's uh, you know, continuing its course. Mm-hmm. Has there been anything that's still kind of on a pause that might be would have been part of a normal uh, school year that you can think of? Or, I mean, you mentioned extracurricular activities. Is yeah. everything coming back that would yeah. have been kind of there before that you know of? Yeah, I mean, uh, it, absolutely, they're all coming back. I mean, if there's something that we continue to face, as, as you may and, and other industries, and that is, you know, staff shortages. Mm-hmm. And it's not unique to education. It's certainly not unique to our district. And in fact, some of our northern colleagues are really struggling right now in, in other districts. Um, but we also 
uh, our, our school principals and vice principals have really had to scramble over the last few, in fact, last few years, but uh, covering classes, but especially in the last few months, just filling some of those gaps that we still have. Mm-hmm. It's coming together quite well now. We've been able to fill most of those positions, but I think the ongoing uh, shortages when it comes to our casual lists for teachers, uh, support staff, mm-hmm. and bus drivers. We could use a few more bus drivers. So I think that will be one hangover that probably continues for quite a while in terms of uh, finding uh, qualified people. Mm-hmm. What has changed for good um, that came perhaps out of the pandemic? You mentioned the communicable disease plan. Yeah. I assume you had some sort of version of that before. And I think in our yeah. various interviews, we've touched on that. So yeah. I could see that as one of the things. But is there anything else that's sort of changed because of the pandemic that now is we're going to keep mm-hmm. this policy going forward we we have to keep this policy going forward yeah i mean it's a good question i mean t- to be fair you know most of the the, the pandemic experience we're happy to forget um yeah. and and yet uh you know some things will will be positive as i mentioned we really had to reach out to to parents in different ways and also to our first nations partners and communities and in mm-hmm. that regard I think we've we've laid a good foundation. We, we've you know really had to establish new communication protocols and regular communications with our First Nations and Indigenous partners. So that I think was a positive element that will continue in terms of those those regular and ongoing uh, meetings and and work that we're doing together. For example, uh, we have a curriculum committee that we formed along with the Doig River First Nations, and we're going to continue that work together. And a lot of that was uh, you know, precipitated by some of the challenges of the pandemic, where we really had to reach out in different ways mm-hmm. and made sure to make sure we had that consultation and to make sure we were hearing from people who were not necessarily in our schools at that time. All right, well, final question for yeah. you, uh, Stephen Petrucci, the uh, superintendent of School District 60, joining us on Moose Talks. What do you think you're looking forward to most about this year? Is it the normalcy? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm really excited about just seeing that, that full uh, energetic experience uh, in the schools. We started to see it in the spring. We're going to see more of it now. I'm really looking forward uh, to getting out to the schools myself and, and uh, to seeing other members of the community there, maybe like yourself, Dub, if you want to do a couple of visits or, or having our parents there. Mm-hmm. And um, I think just the excitement of beginning a year that 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 looks more normal and um i'm sure the kids are very excited about that absolutely all right well thank you very much for coming to talk to us today i know you're busy getting ready Uh, we appreciate your time no most welcome no problem absolutely that's stephen petrucci the school dist uh pardon me the superintendent of a school district 60 we'll be right back to talk to chad newstater constable with the rcmp here in town right after this on moose talks watch this show live on facebook or download the podcast at energeticcity.ca. Welcome back to the show. I'm Dub Craig. <laughs> uh, now to continue the talk about back to school, we thought we'd talk a bit about safety. Of course, those uh, school zones are back in effect, and you're going to have to be sure you slow down. Uh, the RCMP aren't messing around. So to talk about that and all other things back to school safety, we're joined now by Constable Chad Newstater with the RCMP here in town. Constable, welcome to Moose Talks. Thank you for having me. Thank you very much for taking some time to uh, chat with us today. Uh, so I think the big one we think about when we talk about back to school safety is the school zone on the roads, right? There's suddenly going to be hundreds of kids wandering around uh you know smaller kids who maybe don't always understand the rules of the road you can't be zipping through there while you're driving it's a very unsafe situation for everybody eh? yeah yeah and 
that's one of the reasons I think it is the priority is uh-huh. school zones and the speed. Uh, as soon as you can slow people down, they've got more time to react, time to see what's going on, and they can respond accordingly to what's happening. Mm-hmm. So speed zones, the the priority for sure. Yeah. Is this, uh, you know, I don't want to rag on drivers in Fort St. John, but is this like an ongoing problem you kind of see at the start of school years all the time where it's just like, well, we catch a bunch of people doing it and we got to lay down the law? So there is a lot that happens at the beginning of the school years for sure. And anytime after any sort of break. Yeah. That being said, as the RCMP here in town, we get a complaints throughout the year. Yeah. Um, there's always those people that feel okay. like they're in too much of a hurry. Things are going on where they need to do something and uh, they neglect or miss the speed zones, mm-hmm. and, and that's when we get called, for sure. Gotcha. Um, so we know drivers have to slow down to 30 kilometers an hour going through a speed zone, kind of the, the during the school day. I think it's 8 to 5, usually, it Correct. says on those signs, right? Um, but we want to talk about prevention for pedestrians, too, because, of course, you have a right to cross the street safely and all that, but you know, a car isn't going to care about that if it hits you, right? So if you're a pedestrian, if you're a parent of young children, what, what are we looking at in terms of making sure that everybody's as safe as possible in the zone when they're in it. One of the things that I thought about was because we're talking about this now before the long weekend, before school starts, if you've got kids that are transitioning to a different school, maybe, and this is new for them, you've got children that are starting. If you could even just orient them to where the school is, where the crosswalks are, Mm -hmm. get them used to that. Um, Plan a route back and forth. Um, That way, when they're going to school or coming back, you know where they are. If they can't be on the route, something changes too, let the parent know. Like as a child, let the parent know, you know, if you're going to a friend's, if you're taking a different route home, if you're going to be late. Um, Parents aren't worrying about them either. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's some of the big things too. But for parents to also talk to their kids about safety. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the biggest things is if children have to cross a road, making sure that they look both ways, make sure that they make eye contact with a driver Uh, oftentimes they'll say, yeah, I went to look, there was a vehicle and they went across and they didn't have eye contact with the driver. They didn't know what the driver was doing. Mm -hmm. Um, So having eye contact with the driver, ensuring that it's going to be safe for them to to cross that road. Um, So for parents to be able to talk to them about that too is very important. Plan drop-offs too. Um, For a parent that's maybe dropping off their children, trying to ensure that they're on the same side of the road, even Mm -hmm. as the school. Uh, You minimize uh, a crossing with a child, maybe multiple children, making it safer for them and for all the drivers as well, too. Okay. Um, another thing I want to talk about quickly is, you know, jaywalking. Again, you hear about this every once in a while. Someone will go on a Facebook group and, you know, complain about it, seeing it happen, especially around the high school. Why is that so dangerous to do so? Because, you know, you get fined for it if you get caught doing it. Why Why shouldn't you be jaywalking if, if you happen to be someone who, you know, is at the high school and doing so? Yeah. One of the things it does is it draws attention. If you've got a driver that's watching you as you're jaywalking, they're maybe not looking for somebody else that even maybe it's just opening a car door. Yeah. Right. They're paying attention to you, trying to make sure that you're safe, they're safe, and you've got all of their attention and they can't see the other things that maybe are less subtle or happening around them that may or may not turn into something, but you're the one that's doing it. And you're slowing down traffic. Other traffic people might not be realizing that you're there. Um, whereas if you're at a crosswalk, they expect a pedestrian could be there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, 
in terms of just other back to uh, school safety tips that maybe aren't necessarily traffic uh, related, I wonder if you've got some that you could share again for parents, students, whatever they happen to be. One that I do still want to focus on is when it comes to school buses. Mm-hmm. Uh, a big one. We have a lot of rural population mm-hmm. um, where a lot of people are bused in to town. And so anytime you see a school bus with an arm extended, whether it's a stop sign uh, that's extended or a, a safety arm, when those are extended, people must stop. If you see red flashing lights, you must stop. So often people don't know which direction a disembarking child is going, mm-hmm. right? And they might walk around the front of a bus and cross the road. And if someone's just ripping past, they can't see where that child is or when they're going to step out. So mm-hmm. stop for tra- uh, buses and just be patient with them too. Um, sometimes they may drive a little bit slower. They're bigger, they're larger. The safety of all those children is at risk as well too. So mm-hmm. that's one of the big things. When it comes to general safety, a lot of times parents are working um, and it's even the after school plan. What's happening with your child? Where are they going? Who are they spending time with? Mm-hmm. Um, if they're going to be home alone, are they prepared to be home alone? Mm-hmm. Do they know uh, emergency contact numbers if something was to happen? Uh, do they have arrangements to go to a friend's place where they can be safe as well too, where you're going to pick them up? Are schedules planned? All of those things go into the whole new routine of September and the school year. Absolutely. All right. Well, Constable, we really appreciate you taking uh, some time to chat with us uh, here today. Is there anything else you want to say before uh, we let it go? I just think, you know, back to school is a very exciting time uh, for parents and kids. And just following rules of the road, being patient, slowing down can make it safer for everybody. And I think that's what's important. And that's what we as the RCMP want. We want it to be safe for everybody involved on on the roads. Alrighty. Well, thank you, Constable, for being here today. We appreciate it. My pleasure, Dub. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. That's uh, Constable Chad Newstater with the RCMP here in Fort St. John. We'll be right back to uh, wrap things up on Moose Talks right after this. Our community first. This is Moose Talks with Dub Craig on Moose FM. Our thanks to our guests, Stephen Petrucci and Constable Chad Newstater for joining us today. Make sure you check out the Energetic City podcast page for this episode and others of Moose uh, Moose Talks, as well as episodes of Before the Peace and Voices of the Peace, two excellent podcasts produced right here by folks at uh, Energetic City. For your listening pleasure this long weekend, why not spend some time checking out energeticcity.ca slash podcast. Well, that's the show for today. Trey Lopashinsky is the producer of Moose Talks. I'm Dub Craig. Be well. Join us next Friday at 10 a.m. for another episode of Moose Talks, a weekly talk show about Fort St. John and the North Peace. Thanks for listening to this EnergeticCity.ca podcast. EnergeticCity.ca is your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To help keep us independent and to support this podcast, go to EnergeticCity.ca slash join.